Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Yeah, uh, I, w- I want to follow up with what um, with what uh, Amy was saying, <clears throat> which is knowing your numbers. I think that that's a huge um, issue with so many entrepreneurs, especially e-commerce sellers. Um, you know, you're looking at your bank account, you're looking at your expenses. Um, but you don't really know where they're, where the money's going. When you get a clear picture, you can really start, you know, focusing more on profit. So, you know, if you look like Amy was saying that you're, you're paying, you know, you know, like for me, I pay tons of like, like I have 540 domain names. So that's a huge yearly expense. Now to me, those are an investment. I'm like holding on to those because I know they're going to be worth lots of money, you know, five, 10 years from now, but that's a huge expense. I'm able to now pull it up and see like, is that an expense that I, number one, I'm willing to pay, is it going to return or is it something that I should pair off? And you can do that for all different types of expenses. And really, I mean, by having that, you know, that having that information, those numbers, you know, information that it's power in terms of, you know, getting your business to profitability. So um, that was one of the things we were very slow on. Um, and I wish that we would have, you know, done the, been the other way around where we started being really, uh, obsessed with our numbers um, from the beginning because we would have had a very different, um, you know, journey. I mean, even back when, you know, when I was doing my app business, we were making, in, you know, a great amount of money, but then not being smart with it. And, you know, we would have been in a completely different place if we would have, you know, had a little more idea of what we were spending on, how we were spending all that. So uh, knowing your numbers is, uh, is powerful. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so those are some really great tips for software, A2X, QuickBooks. Inventory Lab is typically, um, more of a software for people that do, um, like online arbitrage, retail arbitrage that just have a bunch of different brands and they're doing a lot of scanning and that kind of thing. Um, so I would think A2X might be something better for, um, somebody that's doing private label. Um, however, maybe if you have a large number of SKUs uh, in private label, Inventory Lab would also be very helpful for you. So great tips on that. Um, now we're going to get into documents and records. Um, so when it comes time, and we are all preparing to do our taxes right now, we are all preparing. I'm, I get all nervous around tax time for some reason, probably because of my last two years tax returns. Um, but uh, you know, we've got to prepare. So what should we do? What's our to-do list? So you would need to, first of all, put together a list of your income and your expenses. So that would be an, a profit and loss. That would be either in your accounting system, if you have a system in place, or you would just need to put it all together uh, manually yourself, basically. Um, using your bank accounts, um, bank statements, your credit cards, and uh, your Amazon summary report. So that would give you the, your gross sales. You would need to have your gross sales, your marketplace fees um, in place. You would have to have a list of all your expenses. And there are a lot of expenses that you can write off on your taxes. Just make sure that you're not missing any because you know, it's, it's, uh, it will cost you um, extra money in taxes if you miss some of the expenses that you're entitled to. Some of the expenses I can mention, but that's not an exhaustive list. Um, so if you are traveling, if you're purchasing your inventory, 
um, you can write off your um, car expenses, um, you can write off your office expenses, home office, um, office supplies, your shipping, uh, your software, even your um, courses that you take to learn about uh, this business as well. <laughs> you can write that's uh, deductible. <laughs> um, your utilities. So that's just to, min just to name a few. And of course, your Amazon market fee, mar marketplace fees, um, your payment processor fees as well um, from your PayPal and so on. So once you have that in place, you, you can have it easily available if you are um, using some software tool, um, accounting software from, such as QuickBooks. Um, and if you are not, then put it all together yourself and give it to your tax preparer to prepare your taxes. In addition, you would need to have your balance sheet. Uh, the main part of your balance sheet, if you're just starting out or uh, somewhere in the beginning, in the beginning um, you would need to have your inventory. You would need to have your beginning inventory levels and your um, for unit costs. You would need to have your ending inventory and uh, all your purchases that you had during the year and your cost of goods sold. So all those numbers, you would need to have in order to prepare your tax return um, for, for the year. Um, you would also need your 1099K. Um, that would be available in your uh, marketplace and your payment processor. So if you made over 20,000 in gross sales, um, you would need to log it into your marketplace and your payment processor um, and make sure that you pull those 1099s from um, every place where you're selling and where you're collecting um, some sales. So these days, don't wait for 1099 to come in the mail. Just be proactive, log in into your accounts and get those 1099s. Um, if you are a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, your taxes will be reported on your uh, personal tax. So that's where you, the business um, taxes will be on your Schedule C of your personal tax return. So to prepare those taxes, you would need to also have all your personal documents ready, ready to go. So W-2s if you have, any 1099s, any interest that you had. Um, so any tax documents that you receive for your personal, on your personal side, you would need to also bring to your accountant, to your, to your um, tax preparer in order to prepare your taxes. So, that's so one of the biggest questions that people have, and I had this question when I was getting started, many of us run our businesses out of our home. And, you know, in general, the IRS doesn't always accept that a business could be as large, like for example, our house, like one living room in our Texas home is dedicated to warehousing. And some people have entire rooms that are dedicated to prepping inventory, stuff like that, right in their homes. And then we also have two office spaces because we're running three businesses out of our home. Um, and then we have, you know, a lot of other space. So um, I think a lot of people don't realize that you can't write off 100%. So if you're working out of your home and let's say your utility bill, for example, you do need that for your business. But in a, you can write off 100% of a utility bill that is for your office 
outside of your home, right? If I go down the road and I rent an office, then if I'm paying the light bill at that office, that's 100% write off. But if I'm splitting the utility bill of my home, it is only the percentage of my home that is to be used for business. In my case, 50% of my home is used for business every day. But as some accountants have pointed out to me, um, hey, you know, the IRS might question you on that. So you need to make sure that if you're claiming you're using 50% of your home, that you're not just like, okay, my kitchen is for, you know, but um, you know, you need to make sure that you're actually using that solely for business and not, you know, like kind of a crossover. But remember that you can write off some of those things. So for example, in my case, I've got lawn care, I've got different types of things. I can write off 50% of those costs. Now the other 50% have to go to my personal expenses. But when Julia recommends um, that you put aside and keep track of all the expenses, make sure you're taking in some of those things into consideration, such as your internet, your utilities, your water bill, you know, whatever kind of bills, if you use a portion of your home for business, it's that percentage of that of that expense that can be written off. So don't forget about those expenses because that's really going to help your tax uh, liability at the end of the year when it comes to tax time. Is that right, Julia? Yes, yes, you're correct. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and okay. for some easy easy math for people, so correct me if I'm wrong, Julia. If you lived in a thousand square foot, you know, apartment and 200 square feet of that were was dedicated to your business, then you could write off 20% of say your internet bill, correct? Yes, that's correct. There are a few different ways you can calculate your home office deductions. So it's, it's it can get complicated. Uh, there is a simplified method uh, to calculate that as well. If you don't want to use the actual expenses of your home, it would, it's, it's just um, after that it becomes um, whatever deduction is the highest for you. And that's where your accountant would be able to help you really to maximize your deduction um, because there are different ways that you can write it off. Yeah, in that case, for example, we keep track of our mileage as well as our gas so that our fuel expenses and then whichever one is more then that's the one that we would be writing off. So make sure that you guys keep track of different aspects because you might have less tax liabilities in one case. So Jenny uh, is watching our live stream right now and she has a question. Now she's in New Zealand, so you might not be able to answer this question, but we'll do our best. Jenny says, I have my first product going live in the next few months. Congratulations, Jenny, that's so exciting. Um, New Zealand registered business, but do have an EIN from the IRS because the freight forwarder needed it. The confirmation letter says I need to file form 1120F by 15 July. Do you know what happens for a New Zealand business in this instance? So it looks like she has a US-based EIN, but mm -hmm. now she's getting the letter saying you need to file this 1120F. Okay, so she would need to file the 1120, um, but she wouldn't be paying any taxes because she her business was not based in America. So she would need to, to file that special form. Um, and I don't remember exactly the, the number of the form, but there is a form that you file um, that we would need to file for a foreign uh, entity, even though um, she has the US-based EIN, 
you, she wouldn't have to pay any taxes on it. So that, that's a very simple form to do. Got it. So the reason you're still filing the form is so that later on you don't get a tax bill that if you had just filed a form and said, nope, we're not a U.S.-based entity, we're a foreign entity, yes. and then they can put you in that pile and then they're not going to send you the bill later, right? Yes. Okay, great. Andy, I think you're next. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, Julia, what are the most common uh, accounting and tax mistakes that e-commerce sellers make and, and some tips maybe to, to try to avoid them? I know we've already talked about that a little bit. Um, so the first mistake that I notice, most common mistake, is um, when the business, um, when the seller is assuming that the marketplace is tracking everything for them. So they would, they can just log in into their Amazon account and they have their numbers right there. They're wrong because they don't, they're not tracking all the other expenses. In the end. Uh, they don't have a system in place to have, you know, to know where the, whether their business is making money or losing money because not all the expenses are accounted for. And they think they know their numbers, but all they know is what, what Amazon is showing them um, their payouts are. And that's, that's not the, actual, the, the accurate picture of their business. Um, so to avoid that, set up a system, set up an accounting system. Now, um, another mistake is assuming that you can do it all. So some people like to do it themselves and they would set up their system, they do some research, they do some learning how to do the accounting themselves and they set it up, but it turns out to be incorrect. So they cannot rely on those numbers. And unfortunately, sometimes it happens that um, they find out that when it's a little bit too late, when they are so much into the game, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars into this business and they didn't know that they were actually losing money because they don't see the correct picture in their numbers because the system was not set up correctly. So it becomes very time consuming for them after a while, even if they do it correctly. But most, most of the time there is always something about the setup that is that needs to be corrected unless it's done by you know by a professional accountant or uh, somebody who knows e-commerce um, so that brings you know a lot of cleanup work for me <laughs> sometimes some of this yeah some of these businesses would just still insist that they, they've been doing it correctly, but once I get into their books, I notice tons of mistakes. And some of those mistakes would be like recording uh, their sales, their payouts in the bank as, as sales, which is incorrect. And um, it's actually just a payout. Your gross sales are uh, the sales that you, you had and then the uh, Amazon fees get deducted and the net gets deposited into your account. So you need to make sure you record that correct. Because at the end of the year, when you get your 1099K and it doesn't match your, um, your QuickBooks sales, you would be wondering why, why it's so much higher. And that's why, that's, that's one of the most common mistakes um, that do-it-yourself um, sellers make. Um, also, a lot of sellers are not keeping receipts that we talked about it already. 
it's very important to keep the receipts and um, inventory. That's a big part of you know of mistakes and corrections that we need to make. Um, if you're not setting it up correctly from the beginning, you're not estimating or you're not calculating your uh, inventory unit costs uh, correctly. That throws off the numbers as well. So try to avoid those mistakes by maybe uh, consulting with the professional, <laughs> making sure that you're, you know, you're keeping, even if you do it yourself, you set up correctly and check in with your accountant once in a while to make sure everything is run properly. So, so I just thought about something because it's, this has been changing a lot. Um, can you just explain a little bit about, uh, you know, the sales tax There's been a lot of changes going on. And so there's marketplace facilitator, uh, facilitating laws now in a lot of states. Can you explain uh, the, di the difference between a, a state that's doing that and states that are still doing it the old fashioned way? Okay, so there are states that um, are participating that passed that law uh, for marketplace facilitator law. And those states, if you are only selling on Amazon, um, most of those states would allow you to deregister and Amazon would just take care of the sales tax for you. Um, it will autom automatically collect sales tax and remit it to the states on your behalf. Um, there are a few states such as Florida, for example. Uh, they are still not participating in marketplace facilitator um, laws. So they are not, um, they, they are in works for that, but they still, there are a few states like that that are still the old fashioned way. So what you need to do is you need to technically, you're supposed to, if you have inventory as an FBA seller, for example, you have inventory stored in those states, you would need to register for a sales tax license there and collect and remit sales tax on behalf of um, um, the sellers. So, uh, so you would, uh, that's, that's for the old fashioned way, um, states, but more and more states are joining this uh, marketplace facilitator law and hopefully soon we will not have to take care of, you know, manual, do this manual anymore. But if you are not selling just on Amazon, if you're selling on other, uh, platforms such as Shopify, then it's a completely different story. Even if you're if you're um, in the state that is in within that marketplace facilitator law where it's passed, uh, you would need to be registered. You would need to collect and remit sales tax manually. And then it becomes a little bit more complicated when you remit your sales tax to those states to, yeah. uh, to if you're selling on, on other. But eBay also joined uh, the marketplace facilitator. So those who sell on Amazon and eBay are good to go. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just mad at the states, <laughs> mad at the states who continue to do uh, to, to not participate because I mean that's been one of the biggest frustrations ever um, in terms of you know selling on Amazon, selling online. Uh, you know the the in Europe they have the VAT right, and it kind of goes across borders and things. It's so much easier. Um, but uh, I'm glad they're finally starting to make inroads there, but it's still frustrating that, you know, in 2020, we're still having to, to deal with all that, but uh, cool. Awesome. Thanks. A lot of good um, insight there. All right, Julia, I think we, we are done grilling you unless Amy, did you have any follow-up questions? 
I don't think so. How can people get in touch with you, uh, Julia? Um, how can they uh, reach out if they want to work with you or even just, you know, take a call and, and uh, so you can kind of, you know, share with them how you can bring value to their business. So if you need my help uh, with getting your financial clarity um, with your uh, situation and if you need uh, to discuss some strategies, how to save the money on taxes and uh, if you want to make sure you're in compliance with all the regulations, um, you can either send me a message, a Facebook message. Um, you can find me on um, my business on Facebook, Julia, uh, Julia Ibrahim CPA. Um, and uh, send me a message or you can on my page you can also book a call with me there are uh, some um, links there that you can schedule a, a call with me as well and um, i'll be happy to help <laughs> awesome thank you so much for being with us yes definitely and we'll include those links in the show notes as well uh, and you know it's just been wonderful i know accounting is something that people just really struggle with. It's a scary thing when you're first starting your business. It can be even scarier if you grow too fast and you're not, and you haven't had things set up properly. So we just thank you so much for the awesome um, tips that you gave our users today to be successful in their businesses. <laughs> thank you for this opportunity to be part of it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, if you haven't done so yet, we really uh, hope and uh, request that you subscribe to the podcast, share it with somebody who you think is going to get some value out of it. Um, and uh, of course, if you, uh, if you uh, give us a review and a star rating, we also appreciate that. We actually just got uh, one of our, one of the few negative reviews we've ever got. And even though it sucks getting a negative review, it's still great to get that feedback uh, from you guys to see how we're doing. So we really appreciate that. Uh, no matter what it is, it's great to get that feedback so we can try to do better for you guys. We really, really appreciate you guys joining us. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.